Hi, you guys. Welcome back to No BS with Briar and Sarah. This is one of your hosts, Sarah. And this is Briar. Briar, do you know what this month is? Um, I know it's going to be May. Period. Um, it's Borderline Personality Disorder Awareness Month. Woo! Woo! So this is our fucking month. How are we celebrating? Well, I don't know how we're going to celebrate, Sarah. You tell me, girl. OMG. Well, we're starting with our little mocktail margaritas. Yes. Um, and just living our best life by Stone Daisy. It's Beckett's. We will upload a, a photo of that on our Instagram. No BS with Sarah and Briar. So um, on nationaltoday.com, which I'm like fucking obsessed with, it says uh, this is how you can observe BPD Awareness Month. So one, celebrate your strengths. Encourage people with BPD to not hide, but come out and talk about what they're going through. Celebrate their strengths to make them feel free. And that's even like if you have like BPD-like symptoms, like you don't have to have a diagnosis, you know? So many people don't go to the doctor and are yeah. just like, oh yeah, I'm that way too. So, you know, come here. We're not judging you in this corner. We are... Here to love you, support you, and yeah. Exactly. No and BS. No BS. Number two is encourage people. So encourage people to reach out to those with BPD, promote their strengths, and turn the challenges they face into a language of strength. Because I really love that because BPD, you do get so much strength from it. As you really do. As big of a weakness as it is. Yeah. So much strength. Especially once you like realize, come to terms with that stuff that you have, and then start trying to make yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. You a tough bitch. You bad bitch. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So number three, I thought was hilarious because it says watch movies to find out more. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> the movies that it lists is Uncut Gems, which I've never seen. Girl Interrupted. Haven't seen it in a long ass time. Um, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, I love that movie. I remember like really loving it, but I don't really remember it that much. Yeah, I just remember the dance scene. Something called Welcome to Me. And I've also seen Prozac Nation and One Hour Photo, but I don't remember Prozac Nation. I do, however, remember One Hour Photo. It's like embedded into my brain. It's one of Robin Williams' best acting jobs of all time, but I cannot say that that is relatable at all to um, my own borderline personality to say. Yeah. I get like the like obsessive factor, but I mean, that's that movie is so good that like, it's one of those that I, like you don't, I didn't want to watch more than once and yeah. I did but like now it's like damn that was good and deep and depressing uh you know next you're my sad girl yeah well yeah but I didn't like <laughs> I'm just kidding just yeah. the, the vibe of it is like yeah. not one of those from me personally but um no he does an excellent acting job but I can't say that I really relate well and that's what I said kind of in the first episode that like <clears throat> like Hollywood you know they always take a subject or whatever and turn it to an extreme obviously to get viewers and I feel like a lot of times they don't represent especially like mental like disorders or whatever accordingly enough like they hype it up way more exactly. like I said in the first episode like we're crazy but we're like not Hollywood style crazy yeah <laughs> I would say maybe I don't even remember if it says that he has borderline in that movie but uh, I get like he basically just he develops photos and he 
start to become obsessed with like this one lady. And don't get me wrong, I could see myself doing some like nosy ass shit. But he's also like crazy, like insane. So maybe like a super, um, super, yeah. super untreated BPD. I don't know. Or he's some, got more going on. I'm about to say he's probably on like has multiple disorders and probably should be heavily medicated or sedated. Yeah. So can't relate, but you can still watch the movies if you want to. Yeah. Too bad we don't have a movie about us, but we've got a podcast about us. That's right. <laughs> we could eventually make a movie. Really that would be so fun. Oh my god, it would be like like Broad City. Yes. We fucking love Broad City. We are Broad City. Yeah. For sure. Just every motherfucking episode is just like, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god, it's us. Oh my god, it's us. Oh my god, it's literally us. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure a lot of best friends feel that way. Yes. <clears throat> if you've seen uh if you've seen it, if not, you should definitely check it out. It's hilarious. Just watch it. I rewatch it all the time. It's like my comfort oh my god, show. You no. Know. The way that like friends are like the offices to people. That's the way like I just need like a boost. Uh-huh. Put on Broad City. Yeah. Absolutely. So today's episode is going to be about our relationship with alcohol, um, how it started, when it began. Oh Lord. Um, and then all the way up until Spring. the end. Yeah. So Briar, can you tell me about the first time you got drunk if you remember? Oh, girl, I'll never forget. Period. So I was, I believe I was 15 years old. Yikes. Mm. (laughs) God. And it was one of my friend's birthdays. And we went out to like Buffalo Wild Wings, right? And there's probably like four or five of us girls. We went back to her, her house. And like her, I'm not going to say any names, obviously, to like keep confidentiality and whatever. But um, her parents were like raging alcoholics. And they like did not give two shits if us girls drank. Um, so we took, oh, God bless America, a bottle of Bacardi 151. And when I tell you, we were just taking straight swigs from it. I've still never tried one. Oh my God. We were taking just like swigs from the handle. And (laughs) oh my God, it was like, we were like drunk, we were dancing in our room and it was so much fun. And then I don't know, 6, 7 a.m. rolls around. And I like jerk away and all of a sudden I feel this intense, like, you know, like clammy and like, like hot, like just about to basically projectile vomit. So I run to the bathroom and proceed to projectile vomit. Um, Very hot, spicy buffalo wings that I had eaten earlier. No. Yeah. So... You would think that that experience would have, um, I don't know, been like a, a light bulb. It wasn't because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not stupid, but I am dumb. So, yeah, and that's kind of how it started. I, I've i smelled Bacardi 151 once before, and I legitimately, like, almost fucking threw up. Like, it was so yeah. horrible. And, like, that was my first experience ever with it. Yeah, that's how I feel about KD. Like, oh, just the God. smell of it. It's just like, <laughs> it takes me back to this horrific time in my life. <laughs> but well, what about you, Sarah? When, when was your first time? Okay, so I'd already tried alcohol, like I said, when I was, like, young and, like, 13 or something. But I didn't really drink. So my first time getting drunk. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, I was about 15, too, I think. Yeah. Um, And it was my friend's birthday. So her and her brother and her mom all have birthdays 
in the same month. Yeah. So they like rented out this party house, like yeah. did the whole shebang, yeah. um, comida and everything. And it was super fun. Well, they were serving screwdrivers, which are fucking dangerous. And I've, oh my God, I don't drink, yes. I, like, even like if I were to drink again, like, anything screwdrivers, fruity and you can't taste alcohol. Dangerous. Nope. So I'm over here chugging these fucking screwdrivers <laughs> as if, like, I'm used to this at all. And there's no alcohol in it. Yeah. Just, I'm just chugging orange juice. And then I'm fucking hammered. And I just remember, like, walking, and one of my friends was like, it's okay, Sarah. Like, just, like, watch my shoes. Like, telling me to, like, watch her feet. And then I couldn't stop laughing because I thought of the song, like, watch my shoes. I don't know. I was embarrassing and a wreck. And then at the fucking bathroom, at the party house in the bathroom, I don't know. I guess I used the bathroom and then somehow just sloppily, drunkenly dropped the lid off the toilet, like the lid on the tank. Oh my God. And then broke it. <laughs> so I'm really sorry about that. If I, you know who you are. Um, and if I owe any money for that. I'll gladly Some bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got back to her house afterward. And I'm like very so obviously fucked up that like I don't know what to do. And I'm on MySpace posting these crazy bulletins that make no sense. It's just like sloppy handwriting. And people are like, are you okay? But I don't know if I was like trying to show off that I was drunk. drunk yeah, because like <laughs> then you want to be cool. Uh, oh, yeah. It was not cool. And I was sitting at the computer desk um, on MySpace. And then I just like leaned back and fell all the way backwards off this chair. <laughs> and then my friend's mom comes in and is like, okay, we need you to like sober up like Get you some carbohydrates yes. and soak that alcohol yeah. up, girl. She's like, you need to eat something. So I start trying to eat because I'm like, how do I make this feeling? Like, go away. Like, okay, it was cute at first. Now, and it was never cute, actually. But um, like, it's fun in the beginning, and then it's like, uh, not be funny anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so I got a bowl of cereal, which I spilled all over the computer. Again, if I owe you money, I know it's been a long time, but just just tell me. Um, I spilled it all over their fucking computer. And then her mom finally suggested that I just like make myself throw up. Yeah. And I've done that many times. Yeah. Oh I God. used her brother's toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> um, if you need a new toothbrush, yeah. should I get you one? Yep. And I called the guy I was dating at the time and was like, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. And I don't know why I just like couldn't stop crying. Because then I just hit that level yeah. of like feeling ashamed that I was drunk. I don't know. It's like a whole, the first time it's always, I don't know, it's just like a whole different type of emotions. Like, it's like you go from having fun to, okay, I'm not having fun anymore to, oh my God, like, I hate, I hate myself. Like, I want to, I just want this to end. Totally. <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. So what was your like step two? Like, how did it progress from progress would be the right word <laughs> from well there. so my parents live out in the country and I hope to god my mom never listens to this podcast because I'm literally writing my dad and I out um <laughs> <laughs> but um I lived out in the country 21 acres of land and um when my parents would go out of town I would like throw like house parties with me and like a bunch of my like art class friends yeah and I'm a little bit of a hustler because you know um, yes, yes. my cousin would get us alcohol and it was always 
Grey Goose and Malibu. Always. Never failed. And I would always make everybody like, give me like five, 10 bucks. Well, you know, I mean, after a while, like my, I mean, obviously my cousin didn't, you know, maybe pay back, pay it back. Thank you. But like, I would just keep the money. So I'd make money and we would just drink and party. And this one time <laughs> we were doing like a rave. This is, I think it's like my senior year. It was a rave blackout party. Yeah. And so my parents, it's called the great room. And it's like this like addition that my dad built onto our house. And it's like this huge open area. And one of my friends stole a huge roll of like that construction paper, like the huge ass rolls from school. Oh my God. I just took it. Like no one asked me questions about yeah. a student leaving with a like, I don't know, construction grade thing of fucking like black construction paper. Anyway, yeah. we pin it all over like the walls. We get glow sticks. And like fling it around, and like my friend had some like base nectar um, from his time <laughs> like time stretch, like very first like album. And then I had like some burn CDs of like Base Hunter and some like you know jumps. I don't know, like way back in the day, like rave music. Um, and so we're playing like beer pong and we have glow sticks, and you know we're all just having a good time. Well, my parents had this really nice like long carpet in like the hallway, and it was like a like a long hallway and one of my friends threw up on it oh. and on my parents door and so, <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say the next like morning we me and one of my best friends emily we went to walmart and we got um like pet pet cleaner pet <laughs> 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 cleaner because we you know whatever we didn't know or like anyway so, man, we are scrubbing that mug hard to get all that out. And I'm wiping down my parents' door. And I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. And then this other time, it was my parents went out of town. I don't know why. Like, the weekend before my senior year started. And I we literally, me and my friend Emily, partied for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we had school Monday. And on the way to school, I went to Friendship. Oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Whatever. On the way to Friendship, <laughs> there was, like, this, like, dumpster, like, whatever, at somebody's, like, farmhouse. We took all of the beer, like, the cups and everything, alcohol, and we threw it in the dumpster on the way to school at my, uh, like, first day of senior year. Mm -hmm. And I'm just needless to say, the amount of times my dad would catch me whenever they'd come back. He'd be like, Briar, why are there ping pong balls? We don't have a ping pong table. He's like, you're such a fucking idiot. He's like, why is there a Mike's Harder Lemonade cap? He's like, you're so stupid. And then one time he found my little um, like duffel bag in my closet under my clothes with like alcohol. He's like, you're so lucky that your mom doesn't catch this. He's like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> and yeah, my dad never read it on me. Like my dad was clutch as fuck. Like, but yeah, like that's. That's how it progressed in at least high school. Yeah. So what about, I mean, did it, like, let's, we'll, we'll go from, like, beginning to high yeah, school to totally. pure debauchery. So um, mine definitely progressed because I was having a blast whenever I was drinking. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, so uh, I remember, <laughs> um, okay, so me and my girlfriend would uh, drink together, but not ever really alone. It was just, like, we'd go to parties and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we didn't do it often, like super often, but every time we did it, like it wasn't good, you know? Yeah. But um, 
being uh, at school with some of my other friends, I got uninvited to eat lunch with them because they said that all I wanted to talk about was drugs, sex, and alcohol. <laughs> and as it turns out, I still have to talk about those things. So yeah. Anyway, um, so Prudes, no, I'm just kidding. yeah. So then I just kind of I don't know felt like an outsider, and then totally. And so then when finding people that did like to drink or do drugs, um, I felt like I'd found my people, you know? And in my generation, I don't know what it's like now, but in my generation of like teen partying, um, you could tell your parents anything. Oh my God, yeah. And you'd be out in a field almost dead. They'd believe you, maybe. Um, (laughs) But also we didn't drink to like chill where Uh it's like, the way it is now as an adult is supposed to be anyway, but uh, we drank to get like as fucked up as possible. Oh yeah. And Sam like with drugs and everything like yeah. that, like just keep doing it. It was like some kind of weird pissing contest. Um, <laughs> exactly. It was so weird, but I was like, Oh my God, these are my people, you yeah. know, just completely delirious. Um, turns out that's all we had in common because I don't talk to any of them anymore, really, <laughs> except for a couple of them, but that's cause they were actually my friends. Yeah. Um, but uh, the KD, like you're talking about your 151, there was one time. So me and my girlfriend were, we wanted cigarettes. We were like 16, 17 years old. We couldn't buy them. And so we called up these older guys to buy us cigarettes. And they were like, yeah, but you'll have to come party and drink with us. And we're like, okay. Okay. They took us out to like somewhere way out in the country, this like weird mobile home. Always. That some crazy, way older man had oh God. um and then we'd like play beer pong and just whatever it was fucking disgusting like drinking keystone light and like ugh. but we would do this all the time yeah and excuse me um i do remember like the sun coming up um we were probably doing drugs i don't remember but i do remember the sun coming up and we had a handle of kentucky deluxe and we started just same thing, swigging right from the fucking jug. And then I blacked out and I woke up because I was being carried to another mobile home <laughs> so that they could bathe me because I guess I threw up on the porch and then like they pulled me inside inside and then I threw up like all in my hair and everything on the couch too. Classy bitch. Classy bitch. I love it. Um so yeah, uh, I remember like going home that day and then just uh, my beautiful grandparents, rest in peace, love them. I'm so sorry. Um, they had bought me something from McDonald's, which like I could not eat. And, but they'd gotten me a Coke, like a Coca-Cola and like drinking it just, I felt like I was still just tasting pure Kentucky Lux. Yeah. And then I made myself a bowl of cereal finally. And then I fell asleep in it. Um, so yeah, (laughs) but my partying days, like I said, kind of sporadic, but still never any good. And that's what me and uh, my best friend from growing up were just talking about a little bit ago too, because we're like, we never really had a regular relationship with alcohol. It was always like about blacking out. Oh yeah. And doing the worst. That's like, that was like our generation. A hundred percent. Like literally like what you said, like you would just tell your parents, whatever, like I'm going here, I'm going there. And then the amount of times, like you're like basically 
like dying of alcohol poisoning in a dirt field or like somebody's like house in the bathtub or whatever and like man our survival rate i don't know how we've survived me either like our entire generation should be probably dead absolutely i have a funny uh, story about that but i'll save it for another one because it's long but there was definitely a time hands down that I should have died. I was yeah. in ICU for a while oh and God. it had to do with me and my party days. I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, talk to me about um, how it kind of progressed from then. So when I got into college, um, obviously, you know, I wasn't quite 21 yet, but I had a boyfriend that was. And there's a couple of stories I'll get into. I remember this one specifically. We were drinking Mike's Her Lemonade and Four Locos. God bless my God soul. God bless. Dear God. Did the same. Oh my gosh. That was and before they changed the four loco formula. Yeah. Like, <laughs> again, I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but we got shithouse hammered, obviously, because that's the point. And we went out to this club. And it's no longer called, uh, it was called Heaven back in the day for all you old farts that are listening. Um, and it was at the gay club. Uh, and they had these like little like, it's not like a full cage, but like kind of like a little cage you could get into, right? And I was like into EDM. I was like a little rave kid, whatever. And I shuffled. And I remember that I was in one of these cages and I was shuffling and it was wet. Someone had spilled their drink. And my ass like busted ass in this little cage. And man, I zipped up so fast. And I was like, and I just kept going. And then, yeah, I don't quite remember the rest of that night, but I just remember like, falling and eating shit because of that oh god and then let's see oh and then i moved off like moved into the world of the bar industry and i guess i won't say this bar just in case like whatever <laughs> um but i worked at this bar this like edm bar for six years here in lubbock again for all you people that know me you know where i'm talking about and i was the original go-go dancer Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So, yeah, I would, you know, dance. Like, I had my little box that I would dance on. No, I was not a stripper. For those who are asking, I had, like, costumes, like a go-go dancer. And so I, I would rotate from selling um, little tube shots to dancing, whatever. So, like, I would go around, hand out tube shots, and people would buy them for me. And so I would just get, like, drunk as shit. And I would eventually, at some point, climb up either on the spe- like this, like, stock speaker or the DJ booth, and I would literally, like, block out, grab the, like, the rafters, like, like, on the inside, you know, like, the rafters, and dangle my blackout, like, deadweight body <laughs> over the dance floor, and, like, do, like, crazy shit, and luckily, I never fell not once, like, and I do not have upper body strength. I'm all legs. Yeah. So I guess when I'm blackout, like my he woman upper body strength comes in. Then I moved up into bartending. And me and my manager would, I'm a Sambuca bitch. I love it. It's either love it or you hate it. And we would go through an entire bottle like almost every Friday and Saturday night. Like belligerently drunk as shit still be able to bartend i guess muscle memory was in my favor but oh my god this is so embarrassing i probably shouldn't be saying this anyway i would get on top of the bar and i would 
I would flash everybody because why not? Let's <laughs> why be, not? Let's be ratchet. Yeah, yeah, Again, like it was. It's funny to an extent, but it's kind of also embarrassing now that I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would just flash people, and then I would just get back down and continue to bartend, and it was just so absurd. Like, oh my god! Like, I can't believe that I would get like that, and I would get home. Again, this is very dangerous. Like, don't don't do this. Like, this is you know. Mistakes were made, lessons were learned, but like I would, you know, count my money, everything, and I don't know how I did it, but I was telling Sarah in the car, this is my last little story that I'll kind of do, um, I was telling Sarah in the car that there was one night I was off, and I was, like, yet again, just hammered as shit, and I came in, <laughs> like, like when they were closing, and I was, like, demanding for my tips, like, that I had worked that night, and my other manager was like, Robert, you didn't work, like, what are you talking about? I was like, whatever. So, and these are little, I, like I sat on a little bar stool, no back, nothing. And I put my feet up on top of the bar and my drunk ass starts falling backwards and he catches me. And somewhere there's a video of it. And like, <laughs> we watched it over and over and just like dying laughing. I would like, love to see that. Just so ridiculous. But yeah, like those were my 20s and like when I worked like at a club bar and you know, I was just, I was just constantly fucked up no matter what, no matter what it was, what it was, I was always just inebriated, like, and I always, and I had multiple jobs in school. Like, I don't know how I, I really don't know how I did it. I'm a monster. I'm yeah. Saying. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about you <laughs> and college years and, you know, getting to the bar industry. Yeah, definitely. So like after high school, um, I didn't go to school. Well, I kind of did like online for a little bit, but yeah. whatever. Um, but I lived in this back house behind these two older guys and one of them was my manager Yeah, and they were like 30 and I was 19 and I would use my sister's friend's ID. Love it. And we would go to a, a couple of places and it was like four places that we'd go and just get obliterated and it was so obvious because nobody else is because like one was two of them were restaurants yeah and, <laughs> and then um just like one was like a really quiet kind of like dive bar thing and just get so fucked up i remember like the staff asking us like if we were okay um all the time are we gonna be able to drive things like that uh i don't know and then one time i was actually at a bar and um with my fake id well you know not fake but just not me and me and my girlfriend started smoking weed in the bathroom and i guess i dropped my pipe and well i know i did because then a staff member was like waiting for me outside the door um with my id too and i was like is this you like I, I don't even know and i was so fucked up and they were like you need to get out now blah 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 because i like caught us smoking um really embarrassing and then um uh, my my neighbor the 30 year old man he was gay by the way i don't know if that matters but just you know so you know he wasn't like preying on me <laughs> he went they back the best, like drunk friends though too like, oh yeah the older gay people <laughs> yeah i remember like partying with them at first and being like oh my god like you guys party like you're on the jersey shore like <sighs> because i'd never even though I went through those wild days as a teen, like I'd never experienced like adult drinking, you know, Yeah. but that was still out of control. 
And so uh, my friend went back and pretended to be my husband and then got my ID back for me. Love it. Um, but yeah. So during those days, I did drink quite a bit because I was with them. And then I'd still drink with my friend. But I was always so busy, too, because I had to, like, work three jobs. Yeah. And it, like, even though all the times I did it were bad, they weren't... I wasn't doing it often enough to think that I'd had a problem, even though I clearly did, you know? Mm -hmm. But then when I was 20, I think, yeah, I was 20, I got a boyfriend at the grocery store I worked at. And he wasn't a drinker, but that's like how I invited him over the first time. Like, you want to come to this party with me? And he wasn't a drinker. He was like a huge pothead. And I smoked weed too at the time. That was before uh, I battled, like, serious anxiety. I can't <laughs> smoke weed now. It scares the hell out of me. But, um, yeah, uh, we ended up just, like, moving away together to another town, like, three months into our relationship. And for the most part, I didn't really drink because he didn't really drink. Yeah. And it was fine. Um, we just we did smoke a lot, so I've always had some kind of crutch, you know. But then one of my coworkers, finally, like a few years down the line, she liked to drink. And so we would go out to like, okay, so she was older than me. So we wouldn't go to like bars. We'd go to eat at like a fucking, what's the Australian steakhouse? Outback. Oh, outback. oh yeah. Like Outback or Chili's. fucking Chili's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, places like that. And just get hammered. Um, cause it'd be like right after work, like, let's yeah. go and just get so shit faced. And then I was realizing like, okay, this isn't cool. Like I'm going to quit drinking, but I never did. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, I would just try to kind of like pump the brakes on it a little bit. And then after that era, things got a lot worse. So can you tell me about when yours started to get a lot worse? Yes. <laughs> um, I do have one other funny story that I just... No, keep going. Oh, actually, hold on. We're going to take a quick break. Okay, so go ahead and tell us your funny story. Okay, so there's actually two. I'm sorry, guys. Like, as, like, I was talking and Sarah was talking, I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, so many more funny stories. And honestly, if we want to make an – if you guys want us to make another episode with more drunk stories, let us know. But these are my other two ones, and then we'll kind of – Yeah, I feel like that should just be, like, a whole segment. Yeah, honestly. Like, that we do pretty yes. much any time. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so she said she, like, her, like, 20, like, you were 20 or whatever. So for my 20th birthday, um, we, there's this club called Taboo. It's no longer exists, but they used to do, like, a party limo for your birthday. So me and all my friends were at my friend's house, and we drank an entire bottle of vanilla vodka. Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> that was the thing. Like, I remember when, like, the flavors started coming out for vodka, especially, oh, yeah. like, Pinnacle. The, Pinnacle. It, it's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. Bitch, you already know. Damn, our mm -hmm. generation's fucked up. <laughs> but um, actually, it might have been whipped cream. What did I say? Whipped yeah, cream? it was. Uh, whipped, whipped I cream. drink a lot of whipped. Cream yeah, so it was whipped cold. cream vodka. So we drink an entire bottle. So and I'm in like this super cute outfit with like, these huge like platform wedges, right? So the limo's there, and we're already just like fucked up, and we're all running to the limo. And my boyfriend at the time, dumbass, I don't know why, because men are like this, was running backwards <laughs> and like fucking ran into me, and I ate shit. Oh, I ripped God. my jeans, scuffed like, my brand new like $200 shoes, and I was like, fuck it, and I was bleeding. Then we go to the club, whatever, da-da-da, and we're having fun. Well, 
at some point, I don't really remember like this. Like I remember getting caught. Like I remember like getting kicked out. But I guess I was in the bathroom with these girls doing some illicit things. And uh, I guess somebody told one of the bouncers and like they're like, you have to get out of here. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then we went back to my friend's house. And I remember like there was like another bottle. I think it's either like wine or another bottle of vodka. And I was like, let's keep drinking. And so I think I had maybe one drink that I, if I even remember that. But the next thing, like, I remember was waking up in a closet on, like, this, like, like small mini, like, mattress. And my friends had, like, put me – my friend put me in her closet with, like, on the mattress. Yeah. I was still in my outfit. <laughs> I had blood all on my knees and oh, everything. No. It's so embarrassing. And then – what did I say my other one was? I forgot. I thought that one and then – I thought the closet one was a separate one. That was that one. And then, oh my God, I just had a brain fart. Mm, Dang it. It'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, well, hell, it was so funny. I'm trying to think because we had to go pee. <laughs> I was, uh, I can't think. Anyway, well, it's going to bother me now. Well, it'll come back to you and whenever it does. Yeah, just- then we'll like. Feel free. Yeah, because yeah, I forgot to. <laughs> Damn, this is so funny. Anyway, oh, Lord, our memories. I know have clearly been affected. Obviously, <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's one of my funniest stories. And if I like pause in my other stories, I'll tell it. But um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'm like the talk, like like when you're like when it became clear that you were having like a downward spiral. Viral, yeah. So it wasn't funny anymore. On, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So honestly, it was like in like my late twenties. Um, I had moved away. I had graduated college, and um, oh, I remember my story. Okay. <laughs> so this is another closet story. I don't know why I'm always in the closet. I just said I thought it was a closet story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Okay. So it's for what again? One of my other birthdays right and i like probably 30 people over at my house and for an hour no one could find me i think it's my 23rd birthday or yeah it's my 23rd birthday and no one could find me for like an hour everybody said where the fuck is briar well my roommate at the time uh zay he like he heard something in my room and he opened my closet door and i'm sitting like crisscross applesauce with my little like trash can throwing up in it and he was like, why are you in here? Like, why aren't you in the bathroom? And the the good and gracious person and host that I am, uh-huh. like, even drunk, I was like, well, I didn't want to, like, hog the bathroom if someone needed to use it. So I just wanted to I figure I would just throw up in here so people could use the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Closets is, like, where I gravitate to you. Okay, back to the other story. Um, I had moved to Colorado, just graduated college. And I got into a, it was a two-year relationship and we actually got engaged, but, um, he was a brewer and like, I don't know. It was just, you know, a lot of, we drank all the time and like, he was a, like, like he was an alcoholic and I mean, deep down, I know he's a good person, but you know, alcohol definitely changes people as you know, me and Sarah can uh, attest to but like him and his all of his friends, like they would like drink and we would do like illicit things as well. Um, 
And it just kind of got to the point where like, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore. And he and I started fighting a lot. And there was a few times where we almost got into two like car accidents on my side because he didn't want to get an Uber to drive home. Anyway, short, like long story short, we broke up and then I moved back here and for about a month, like I was good. And then I really started to spiral and just got into two other relationships. Again, drinking a lot, a lot, doing illicit things and with Lexapro, like, and on top of all the like other medications that I'm on, you are not supposed to drink. Like it is very clear, very, very clear because it is like detrimental, not only to your brain, but like how you emotionally react. Yeah. And like, I'll be the first to tell you, like I'm, when I'm belligerently drunk, like my nickname was like Jocelyn and it's like a joke, but I'll tell you right now, like I'm a mean belligerent drunk. I yell, I scream, like it's, it's, it's ugly. And like, you know, I was like, once you get pat, like once I crossed that border of drunkness, that's when it would happen. But it was becoming so consistent and like my depression and anxiety and just like everything, like it was just so tumultuous and I couldn't, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And, uh, I believe it was, it was that December that we, what did we say? 2021? Yes. That December I had told my mom that I was thinking about checking myself into like either a rehab facility or like a psychiatrist, like a psych, like a psych ward or something because I had spiraled so bad, um, like a month before that I had, uh, again, trigger warning for this, for anybody. Um, I had cut myself, which I hadn't done since 2016. And I used to do a lot in like high school and stuff. Um, and it was a very like weird, it was a very weird thing that it happened. Like it was just, I don't know. It was like almost like a, um, what's the word? Like not barbaric, but it was just like very, like almost like a natural thing to do. And like when it happened, I, I didn't, I don't even remember like, I don't even remember the point of doing it. I remember the afterwards. And that's when like after that, like that December, when I finally finished all my finals, I came clean to my mom and told her all the things that I was doing, um, where I was mentally, emotionally, and like that I, if I didn't get better here soon, that I was going to have to check myself in. And I've never, ever in my life reached that point. Like I've always been like, I'm fine. I can quit whenever I can stop. Like I'm good. I'm, I'm having fun. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But it was just so, like I finally kind of just had like, I guess a moment of clarity that like, if I don't change something in my life right now, I I'm not going to make it Yeah, like <clears throat> either drinking and driving and killing myself, killing somebody else or self-harming myself or like whatever. Like I just knew that my actions were my own demise and I couldn't and more importantly, didn't want to live like that anymore. I, you know, I was back in school, I already have my, like one of my degrees. I was in, I was just finished my paralegal school, woo! but I was in school and I'm trying to go to law school. And I knew that like all this work and time and money that I had put into 
and I, that I, I just worked so hard to get where I'm at. And that if I continued down this path that I, it would be all for nothing. Right. Like, and to me, my hard work and tenacity is worth <clears throat> more than me having that fun moment of drinking or doing, doing illicit things. And like, it just, it wasn't worth it to me anymore. And, you know, like, again, I'm not perfect. We've all struggled. Like I, you know, I've had some slip ups, um, not so much with drinking, but with like other things. Um, I had a slip up, um, probably a month and a half into sobriety and I've been good, but, um, but yeah, it, it really took me to hit a certain rock bottom for me to be like, like, dude, this is not, this is not cute. It's not funny anymore. Like I'm not 22. I'm not 23. Like, like we are, we are moving into a habit of like an addiction. Yeah. And I knew, I knew the end product. I knew what the end of the story was going to be. And no matter which way you looked at the end of the story, it was never going to be good. Totally. So yeah, there's no happy ending. There's not like, you know, but yeah. what, what about you? Okay. So mine's like, it started in 2017 just cause like I started visiting Lubbock a lot more yeah. from Midland and I hadn't touched drugs in years. That was like back in my high school, uh, pissing contest days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would go out to the bar on weekends because at this point I'm of age and I'd get plastered and make poor decisions. And then I started like dabbling back into drugs and shit like that. And it just wasn't me. I don't even, I don't like drugs. They scare me. (laughs) I don't, well, like not those kinds of drugs, you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. Um, But I was doing that and then just kind of hating who I was and all of the shame that I was starting to feel from it it felt like the only way to cover it was to do it again. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, it was. I really, I remember asking someone, like, what do you do when you've gotten so wasted that you've, like, embarrassed yourself? And they told me, like, I do it again. And Because that's the band daily. That's yeah. the most logical, illogical, logical thing to do. Yeah, and that's what I, I would do. But, like I said, I still wasn't living in Lubbock, so it was mainly, like, a bad, like, weekend issue. Um, but then in February of 2018, I moved back to Lubbock because I graduated in Midland College and I didn't know that. Yeah. Thanks. It was just my associates, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Still. Um, so I came back to go to tech and also my grandmother was dying and she was like my number one angel queen still is forever. Um, but she was dying and I wasn't taking well to that. And whenever she died that night, I just went to the bar and got fucking hammered. And I surprisingly made it through like summer interim with college uh, with all of my drinking. And then I started school in the fall, but I wasn't doing well because that's when I started going to the bar that was like two blocks away from my house, like every single day. And I wasn't making a lot of money like I had been in Midland. I was, but I was spending all of my money, all of my time, all my days. I'd wake up, go to work, get off at like 3 p.m. and then go straight to the bar and stay there until they closed, just drinking and drinking and drinking. Um, 
So I knew I was developing some sort of problem, but I remember like asking people like, do you think I'm an alcoholic? And they would just be like, well, not any more than I am, you know? Yeah, and so, you know, they, yeah. They, they are. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, like thinking I was kind of in the clear. Uh, I wasn't obviously, but actually one of the craziest things, I do remember a friend of mine who's sober now. I remember him telling me that he would start off every morning needing to take like several shots of rumple mints before he started his day. And even though I obviously had a drinking problem, I remember being like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. You know, like thinking that that, that was just at least, like, at least I wasn't like that. Right. But then toward the end of my alcoholism, I was like that. And then I remembered that like I'd wake up and just, have a few shots of rumble mints, mm-hmm. like just to get my day started, just to like take the edge off, just for whatever any fucking reason I could find. Yeah, take a shot of rumple. Um. So yeah, in a through the years, it just got worse and worse with how often um, I was doing it. Um, like I said, I was never really an at-home drinker, but like if I went to a friend's house or something, We're we'd get a bottle, we'd fucking black out, whatever, doing like horrible things. And I completely like fucked up my credit and all my finances that I had worked so hard at um, because I was just such a drunk. Like, why would I open the mail or pay attention to my emails or anything? I, I lost my car. Like... Uh, it was repossessed because I just didn't know that I wasn't making payments on it. That's how fucking lost I was for years. Um, But yeah, it wasn't until that December of 2021. I, like I said, like I always knew it was coming, but I had also just gotten married. And although like we did party through the whole wedding, I mean, I got shit based the my wedding night. Um, <laughs> so you kind of have to, but I mean, you don't, you don't. You don't. <laughs> I probably got concussed too because my friend and I were dancing, and oh, you uh, always be falling. I know I fall at the time, and he fell on top of me, and I like smashed my head on the concrete and had this huge bulge on the back of my head for like two weeks. Um, <clears throat> but. I still drank for a couple of weeks after uh, the marriage, but I knew that I didn't want, yeah, same thing. Like I just didn't want to live that way anymore. It wasn't fun anymore. And then I'm like, well, now I'm a wife and that might sound silly to someone because like, you know, you should never just be a bad person. But my husband has always been the one that has taken the brunt of my drinking, which I mean, a lot of people have, but especially him like because that's who I would just take it out on and if it's things that like I'd already chosen in my sober mind to forgive him for or anything Mm -hmm. in my drunken mind I would just hate him and not like really hate him but I'd act like it and just be insane and yeah like 2018 was like whenever I became like emotionally drinking a lot and so then I just did that for so long and I I really didn't want to do that anymore. So it was that uh, day that I was drunk as fuck uh, talking to Briar. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I need to stop. I just don't know when. And then she's like, me too. I'm going to do dry January. And then I was like, I'll do that too. But I think I stopped like probably the next day or something. Because yeah. I was just so excited to meet someone that 
also had BPD, yeah. knew they had a drinking problem, knew that their drinking problem made their BPD worse. Oh my God, Like, so I never felt so, like, seen. Um, right, like, seen and heard and, like, that you, you weren't alone. Yeah. Like, you weren't, like, finally, you weren't alone. Absolutely. And so that's just what really kick-started it. And then, like I said, I was sober for 10 months. Uh, had a bad day one day and decided, you know, I'm gonna take a shot. And then I did. And then I had a lot of shots and I have broken sobriety on and off since October of 22. Um, but as of right now, I'm, oh, yeah. let's, let's check the, let's check the app. Let's check the app. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Uh, five weeks, 37 days. So even for a whole month and a week. Yeah. Yes! yes. So while that might not seem like that much to you, it's a lot to me for someone who's been a drinker for 15 years, yeah. um, a really chaotic drinker for 15 years, and um, someone who's hit several rock bottoms. Had and like ultimately, all my sobriety streaks probably they're like about a year. But I'm just gonna you know do this one and ride that one out and see it's day by day. And the yeah. thing is, and we've told you before, you know we're not perfect. And, you know, we don't necessarily know what we're doing. We're just telling you about us and our experiences. And honestly, like, we don't, we'll never judge because we have no room to judge. And it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. And sometimes you fall down and, you know, you just dust yourself off and you get up and keep going. Like I said, Absolutely. like, I, you know, like there were certain things I broke sobriety with and it's, it's a struggle. Like it is not an easy journey by no. any means. But I will say that you you can do it. And there there is a way. There, if there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, if you break sobriety, don't beat yourself up about it. Like, have some forgiveness for yourself. Like, that's the number one thing. Like, you need to forgive yourself. Like, you're human. And mm -hmm. you're doing something that a lot of other people don't or won't or never will do. So, you know, like, it's okay. Absolutely. It is okay. Whenever I spoke with that psychiatrist that I was talking about in, I think the last episode, the one that I was drunk on our first session, yeah. um, he had told me the same thing, like, if and when you inev like inevitably uh, break sobriety, yeah. do not sit there and beat yourself up over it because yeah. that's just going to make you want to do keep more. doing it yeah. again and again. And that's essentially what I would do during this, like, short I say short, but now it's been like fucking five months or something yeah. journey of breaking sobriety on and off is because like I'd get drunk one day and be like, oh my God, I did this and that. It was so stupid and I'm like a fucking idiot and I hate myself. And so I'd wake up and want to take another shot. And to numb, to numb, <clears throat> to numb those feelings yeah. and like self-hate. And do it all over again. And it wasn't the right thing to do. I needed to just dry out, forgive myself, know I made a mistake mm -hmm. and move forward from there and that goes with any mistakes that you know we might make in life just exactly but it's hard especially struggling with mental illness and everything struggling yeah. with alcoholism it's hard to not just look at yourself as like a piece of shit for having done it all over again right or what you did whenever you were under the influence or whatever um but yeah and now we're here drinking our little fake margaritas fake Mars. clink clink <laughs> <laughs> And you know, there was a point after the last break of sobriety, Sarah. I hope I can. I hope I, this is not whatever. But um, I told Sarah that I was like, if we need to stop, you know, 
doing the mocktails and the fake wine and whatever to kind of, that way it doesn't trigger you or whatever. I told her like, I was like, I'll stop with you too. And you know, like <clears throat> that's the thing is I'll, tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, you cannot do this alone. And, um, you just can't like, you need a support partner, whether it's your parents or your significant other or a best friend, or honestly, even a counselor, like you need someone that's going to hold you accountable. Someone that's going to lift you up when you're down. Someone that's going to tell you that it's okay. And you know, you're working on things. And you know, that, that was me and Sarah have been that for each other. And yeah. you know, if we had to, you know, stop doing the mocktails and whatever, so it wouldn't, you know, trigger her or try to encourage her to drink. I was willing to do that because nothing was that mocktail was not ever going to be as important as my friend being successful in sobriety and in healing. Never. Right. Well, thank you. Dude, yeah. I love you to fucking death. I love like, you to death. And just like in a short like amount of time that I've been sober for this streak, I've accomplished so much more than, than have, dude. I, yeah. All these things that I'd been like, quote unquote, been working on, but like just kind of like kept putting off. Uh, because it's hard. It's hard to work on things, you yeah. know, whenever you're a fucking lush. Um, <laughs> and just in a short amount of time, I'm just like, grab all my things, get my little journals out, like accomplish everything that I want to, and then set future goals for myself and just have like that's, that clarity in my smart. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you set like short-term and long-term goals? Yes, I do. Honestly, that's I that's really smart. I should I should do that. Oh my god. And I have these two books that I want to start reading as well. Sarah's a reader. I'm like very ADHD, so it's very hard for me to read, but I have these and I want to start reading like Sarah does. Thank you. I'm currently reading three books right now. Oh my god, well, you're so smart. <laughs> uh well one of them is my uh audio book for whenever I'm falling asleep. Okay. And then another one, and that one is called A Little Life. And then the other one I'm reading that's like an actual book is, it's by Steve-O. I think it's called like Professional Idiot or something. Oh my God, dude. His, um, did you ever listen to his, episode, his like podcast episode with um, Joe Rogan? No. And his sobriety? No. Oh my God, you need to listen to it. If that man can get sober, truly anybody can. You need yeah. to listen to it. It's crazy. Exactly. And that's part of, like, why I'm reading it, too. Like, okay, good. So, Steve had come to town, and me and my friend oh, Halen yeah, went. Right. And he, like, autographed these books and his signature's money. It's like a penis. Um, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> I know. But, uh, yeah, he's obviously, you know, living his best sober life now. Absolutely. And so, I bought it because of as like a little memoir piece, but also because I do love to see what he's talking about. And right now he's talking a lot about how his mom was an alcoholic and yeah. how, you know, he had it coming and when he started drinking a lot. And so that's the book I read when the lights are on. And then when it lights out and I'm reading just on my Kindle, I am reading a book called The Room by is that Stanley Hubert. Wait, is that even, I don't know. I don't read, but I feel like I know that name. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just pulling that out of my ass. I don't know. <laughs> so what do you want to start reading? Okay. So um, I got these two books from my previous Starbucks manager. His name is uh, Jared McCarthick. And that man, God bless his soul, 
put up with me for about eight years of Starbucks. And I mean, through my domestic abuse, through my partying stage, through me getting broken up with, like, that man was, like, my teacher. He was my mentor, everything. And um, he gave all of us shift supervisors these books. And it's just, he's just such a good and an amazing person. Like, I just love him to death. Anyways, I digress. So one of them is called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And um, let's see here. It's uh, succinctly explains how to deal with emotions creatively and employ our intelligence in a beneficial way. And then the other one is Creative Confidence. Uh, unleashing the creative potential with, uh, within us all. Yeah. So Cute. I love know, that. it's a, an insightful, compelling narrative on how to unlock, nurture, and strengthen the innate creativity that lies within us all by two leaders at the forefront of innovation. So yeah, just honestly, like, you know, again, we do, we talk a lot about sobriety, but you know, our last episode was about self-love and I think with emotional intelligence that, you know, and it's, it's important so we can start loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves. Absolutely. And also, I'm a huge fucking dork, and I can't believe I said Stanley Hubert. Like, I don't even know. Whatever. It's by Hubert Selby Jr. <laughs> but my, my brain did a little backwards you got Hubert, twist. Right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think that one's like a fucked up book. It's got – it's just – I always see it on, like, the most disturbing books, and I've never finished it. So that doesn't really have anything to do with my own – growth or anything <laughs> i love me some drama i love yeah. me like something twisted and bizarro dark. i just watched the movie deadpool last night have you seen it deadpool yeah oh my god yes have oh. you seen deadpool too no oh my god like deadpool with like red rails oh no i think it's called deadpool yeah, man, that's the deadpool god i know damn. i'm probably calling it the wrong movie again we only have 30 minutes right yeah real fast so with our drunk stories, we wanted to tell you guys like, if you guys have any funny drunk stories, um, either send like in an, like an audio or like write something out for us. And if you're okay with us sharing it, we would like to to share it, and we can keep your name anom- anonymous if you want or whatever. But go ahead. Yeah, share your fun drunk stories with us because they are fun and they're prime examples of why we shouldn't <laughs> be, um, you know, drinking. Uh, it's called Infinity Pool, not Deadpool. I'm sorry, I've never seen that. Uh, but I've never Infinity seen Pool. No, I watched it last night. It's pretty fucked up. Um, but yeah, I watch it. You should. I think we watched it on Hulu, HBO Max. No, what's that one? Netflix, um, Paramount, uh, fucking Peacock. Plex. Oh, Plex is a good one. Plex is good. Um. So yeah, you want to do our little music corner, talk about what we've been listening to? Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, quick. Okay. So what have you been listening to? Okay, so the two that I've been listening to that, I don't know, kind of, I was like, oh my god, I should say this in the podcast. One of them is called Friday Night by Vigilant. Uh, it's like an EDM, like EDM style. Um, and it, like, the intro kind of talks about him, like, trying to go to the club and, like, not being cool enough and how other people view him as being like a geek that they can't control him. And I don't know, it just kind of related to me in the fact that like how it resonated with me was, you know, I may be a geek. I may be a loser. Like some people looking at me like, Oh my God, you don't drink anymore or whatever. Uh, on top of like the alcohol, like your opinions don't matter. Like you don't have control over me. 
Like, yeah, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd for not wanting to drink anymore. And that's okay. And I don't care. The other one is called Eat the Acid by Kesha. And it's just like super, super good. Like, yeah. You just, just listen to it. It's great. But yeah. Cute. So. Love those. Um, so I'm still on my Lana Del Rey shit, obviously, all the time. <clears throat> Always. So today, um, we finally finished their, uh, is their Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard record, which I've obviously listened to a million times, but my, like me and my husband got to the end of it where he was reading it. And so love Peppers, um, just jamming out to the song Peppers, which he gave like an 8.5 and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then, uh, Taco (laughs) Truck, uh, Taco Truck slash Venice Bitch, he gave it a nine and I got so mad because I'm like. Venice bitch played at our wedding. He's like, I know. I don't think he knew that. But, I mean, it was the instrumental. I had a full, my my wedding was like almost all Lana your, Del Rey like Your whole, like, your wedding dress and everything, like, your whole outfit was like Lana Del Rey, right? Yeah, I was like, uh, I was trying to embody the Kim Trolls over the country club look that she had. Like, that's the hair I went for and like pearls and stuff like that. And because it was by the beach. Um, but yeah, my... I forget the fancy wedding words for it, but the music that played whenever the people went music? to, yeah, like when people are sitting down, yeah, like first arriving, that was the Bel Air instrumental from her Paradise Edition of Born to Die, and then when all of the uh, groomsmen and bridesmaids started walking down the aisle together, it played Venice Bitch, the um, instrumental, and then me and my mother walked down the aisle to. Uh, video games but then I hope Lana Ray like listens to this podcast and like I don't know takes you on tour or something I'm like Lana um <laughs> but yeah and then after that we uh like the exiting it, yeah the as soon as like he announced us husband and wife or whatever that was um we just did uh Sea of Love by Robert Plant and the Honey Drippers and then our dance song was Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Love it. But if Love it could have all been Lana, it would have all been Lana. Yeah, you <laughs> guys let him have a little bit of his stuff. You're that wasn't his it. stuff. I chose all the music. Oh, it was just, just kidding. That those were the most suiting. Um, I don't know, maybe you picked them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so finished up that album, and now I'm make, making him rate all of her music, like her entire discography, including like unreleased songs. So that's just what I've been listening to. Is a good husband. <laughs> good. You did good, Chris. You're doing good. So we, we're just listening to a whole mix of Lana, like really old music. And today there was one, and he gave it um, not a good rating. And I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And he's like, "I felt like it was like a mermaid that was trying to lure me in to kill me." And I'm like, "Let's call it siren. Yeah, that's Idiot. a siren, and that's she why is. the song's a motherfucking." 10 but you know yeah you know you just can't always be right yeah so, I mean, he told me like i can't just be passing out 10s just because you want me to yes like, you can shut up yes you can happy wife happy life just remember that yeah but um i think this is a really long episode it was a really good one i think it was fun yeah and hectic and yeah, so I mean, do I try to wrap this wrap up? this how up. Let's wrap this up. So if y'all want to send us your funny drunk stories, embarrassing stories, if y'all have questions, anything like that, send it to us. Uh, Sarah at Briar and Sarah. No, I'm sorry. No BS with Briar and Sarah at gmail.com. Is it all lowercase? Yes. Okay. And yeah, we'll keep you anonymous or whatever you want. And yeah. we would love to read uh, some of y'all's questions, 
um, stories, stories. Like we want y'all anything. to feel like you're just hanging out with us, talking, and yeah. yeah that's Which point. I've heard that so much from people. Dude, that, like, I know the positive feedback we have received is just like I feel like I'm hanging out with y'all. It's just it's been amazing. Yeah. The so feedback. thank you to all of our listeners and like tell your friends and you know give us a lot a lot like a five star like and share and yeah subscribe subscribe so you know, we have a new episode um just help us because we're talking about very vulnerable topics yeah but you know I mean, trying Sarah, to do it in a way that's fun and just not pure melancholia yeah I mean, and sarah and i also i mean i'm a sagittarius she's a libra we both just we don't give a shit we really don't we're yeah. like open books at this point exactly and right now while we're like I feel like this is like a tale of redemption. So it is. It absolutely If is. we were still in our lows, that might be like worse. A little different, but... yeah. <laughs> we would have no room to be giving any any of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, hit us up, guys. And until next time, don't, don't be us yourself. yourself. Bye. Bye.